Merry Christmas, everyone. It's good to be with you, and especially the kids. How many kids are in here tonight? Give me a shout, kids. Let me know you're here. All right. If we can, we're going to do a miracle right now. We're going to try to sit down for about 10 or 15 minutes. Can you do that? Everybody go ahead and grab a seat. I love seeing the families come in. I see the individuals here. Some of you, this is maybe your first time here, and I want to just say a big uh, welcome to you, and thanks for coming tonight on Christmas Eve, and thanks for saying yes to whoever drug you to get here. Uh, you have a drug problem tonight. Somebody drug you to church. We're so glad that you could be here. Uh, I was mindful of a group of, of second graders who were asked the question, uh, what's, what's your most favorite character in the Bible? And one little girl raised her hand and she said, Eve. And the teacher said, so why do you say Eve? And she said, because two days a year are named after her, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. And that's why she liked Eve the most. Well, this is one of those big, important days, Christmas Eve, as we get to look at the Christmas story and we're reminded of the hope of the world who is Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 2, there's an amazing account of how it happened. And of course, Luke was one of four Gospels. There are four Gospels all written about the same account. It's like uh, four different news networks all covering the same story. Luke carries his uh, story in Luke chapter 2, and it says this. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy. Everybody say great joy will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will see, find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger, and suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. This was an amazing moment where all of uh, time kind of stood still. And according to the, the gospel writer Luke, he was given a vantage point through the eyes of God that all kinds of things are breaking out. There's song and there's an announcement and the Savior has come and, and there's shepherds and there's magi from the east and there's a little baby that is born and it's more than just a birthday. It is so much more. It's the fulfillment of hundreds and hundreds of years of prophecy and the Savior has come. And the setting that it was uh, uh, in those days was much like it is in 2018 for us in America. There were people pitted against people. There was racial strife. Jews were not able to uh, connect with people who were Samaritans and Gentiles and vice versa. People didn't talk to each other in different political groups and they were fighting with one another and there were wars and rumors of wars and there was a lot of strife, and right in that setting, here comes Jesus. And Jesus was to be joy to the whole world, not just one category, not just one ethnic group, not just one gender, not just one age or financial status. 
He came for everyone. He came for the whole world and not the way we would think. In fact, in a sense, he came as a present. It was as if we had a present under the tree. And the tree was there and the presents were there, but God had sent this present. And what he was sending was this present, and I'll get this lid right off of here, was joy. Everybody said joy. joy. He brought joy to the world. It was a gift to the world. In fact, it was great joy. Everybody said great joy. And this joy that we're talking about tonight was in the form of a baby, and his name was Jesus. Biblically, joy doesn't mean happiness. It is an inner strength no matter the circumstance. It's the capacity to be strong when you would otherwise be weak. And thousands of years of followers of Jesus since this birthday, since the launch of Jesus on the earth, Every person that has followed Jesus has discovered his joy in one way or another. Some of those stories were in the worst of circumstances. A, during the World War II and the Nazi Holocaust, there was a woman named Corey Ten Boone who was a follower of Jesus, and she was in a concentration camp, and in the middle of the worst circumstances where her family was already murdered, and she was about to lose her life, she was alone and she was starving, and she, yet she had joy. Everybody said joy. That joy that came was not something that maybe you thought it would be, but it is something that became a part of who we are. And this is why we sing the song at Christmas. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven, heaven, nature sing. It's joy to the world. It's an announcement. It's something that we resonate with. Yeah. He brings that joy, and joy is at the heart of God's plan for people. And this is the good news. His joy is for us, and it's for everyone. Jesus came as the joy bringer. He came as the one to bring the joy. He drives up to your house. He rings the doorbell. I was waiting for that. And he delivers joy. Here it is. This is for you. He brings the joy. He's the one that brings the joy. It's not going to come from your friends, and it's not going to come from your place of employment, and it's not going to come from Washington, D.C. It's not going to come from Amazon.com. It's going to come from heaven. God is the joy bringer in the form of Jesus. He is the joy bringer. Little kids are the best, aren't they? I love how they have endless excitement about anything and they can do something over and over and over again. I've got a rug in my office, it's a real deep shag and carpeting and it's white and kids will come into my office and they'll, they'll lay down on it and they'll do snow angels on it. I love the creativity of kids. I love it when, when little boys will come up and, and they want you to throw them in the air. They want you to swing them around and what do they say after every time? Do it again. And how many of you are tired after the fifth time, but they're, they're never tired, and the kids have an excitement. 
and a joy that sometimes we lose even as adults. I love what C.K. Chesterton said. He said, they always say, do it again. And the grown-up person does it again until he's nearly dead. For grown-ups, people are not strong enough to exult in monotony. But perhaps God is strong enough to exult in monotony. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun. And every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies look alike. In fact, God makes them every one of them separately because he never gets tired of making them. And it may be that he has the eternal appetite of infancy. For we have sinned and grown old, but our father is younger than we are. He never runs out of joy. We get tired and we hit this time of year. Some of you are tired just wrapping presents and and trying to get people together and make food and all of that. And you're just tired of trying to hope that your son or your daughter comes to the gathering tonight or tomorrow. or, Or some of the friends that would show up and all of that tiredness. But I want you to know tonight, the good news is Jesus brings the joy and he doesn't run out of it. God is joy. In Genesis, God said, and, uh, he created something and it was so. And then indeed it was very good. And on the first day, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God, God saw that the light was good. There was something about each day that he wanted to bring more joy. Every single day, God was full of it. He was full of joy. And he'd say to the light, do it again. And the light did it again. And God danced once again. And he's done this every day since creation to this one morning today. He did it when Jesus was born. And then when Jesus was older and he was talking to his friends, he told his friends, I told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. He didn't want us to have average joy or get by joy or joy that was borrowed from somewhere else. He wanted us to have his joy, and his joy would be overflowing. I love what Lewis Smead says. He says, to miss out on joy is to miss out on the reason for your existence. To miss out on joy is to miss out on your reason for existence. So how do we get and keep the joy? Let me give you just five real quick things. Really, they'll be really quick. First thing is this, how do you get and keep the joy? One, live in it every day. The Apostle Paul said this, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Rejoice is to express joy and to do it again. To think about it and and, and go back through it every day. To focus on the joy and where you get the joy from. I remember when I was a little kid, they taught me the song. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. We have to keep going back at it. Remember in the morning when we haven't had our coffee yet and we're like you without a Snickers bar or whatever it is. At that moment, I need to rejoice. I need to reconnect to my joy. I need to remember where it comes from. My joy comes from the Lord. It comes from the maker of heaven and earth and his name is Jesus. Joy is meant to be permanent. It's meant to stay with us. It's meant to continue with us. And joy is strength, but its absence will create weakness. Without joy, we have weakness. 
We can start today rejoicing. This is why the psalmist said it this way. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Second thing on how to get and keep joy is pursue the eternal, not just the temporary. This is big for those of you that are going to open presents tonight or tomorrow. They're fun. It's a great moment. But don't let your hope be in the temporary. Matthew, Jesus is speaking, and he says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths and eat them and rust destroys and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Make sure that it's on eternal things for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, Romans says, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The world didn't give it to you and the world can't take it away. The third thing is this. Believe that he will be our joy. Everybody said believe. believe. Turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes and say, you better believe. Believe that Jesus will be our joy. There's a moment at which you look at yourself and maybe you're in a downward spiral of emotion and you're feeling low. There has to be a belief something outside of you brings the joy. Even if you've been disappointed by people, hurt by life, frustrated by your own mistakes, you gotta have something in you that says, I gotta believe that Jesus is real. I have to take a step across the divide called belief. It's a step of faith. Biblical joy is a gift, and a gift is received through belief. Jesus would make statements when he would talk to people, and he would ask the question, do you believe? There's a point at which we stop looking to ourselves, our circumstances, or anyone else to provide joy, because we can't get it at the store. It only comes from him. Joy isn't getting what you want. It's appreciating what you have. Joy is learning to find your strength in what you do have each day. And how many know Jesus is worth believing in? The fourth thing is this, practice celebrating. This is what I'm so excited about tonight. Practice celebrating. See, God was into both fasting and feasting. He wasn't just wanting us to stop uh, having fun. In fact, God was into holidays. In fact, we get our word holiday from the practice of holy days of celebration. It's a holy day, a holiday. It's okay to party. It's okay to have fun. If you're doing it the right way, of course, and there's, there's rules within that, and you could talk to some seasoned people about that. But I think in general, we need to know God likes us to have fun. He wants us to be connected to each other and enjoy those that are closest to you, to embrace silly events. You're going to go hang out with people tonight, perhaps, and tomorrow morning. What if you became one of the people that got into it instead of slipping away and looking at your phone? Whoa, that moment when the preacher steps on your toes, right? What if you got connected to other people? I think something happens when we connect to other people. The joy kind of goes around and then it comes back to us. Some of us, maybe we're joy challenged and we need, to, we need joy mentors. We need to look at that family member, that person that does have, they are full of joy and we need to sneak up and be close to them. Let it kind of spill off on us a little bit, learn from them. Maybe we need to take a step away a little bit from joy suckers. 
You know what I'm talking about. You spend enough time with certain people and they suck the joy out of you. Now, if you're related to them or married to them, there's some issues about that that I can help you about later on. But what I do want you to consider is that perhaps instead of sitting there and being apathetic and thinking God needs to hit you over the head with joy, what if you chased joy? What if you jumped into celebration? Christmas is a celebration and we ought to have a snowball fight. You know what I'm saying? We need to be connected to each other and chase them. Proverbs 11:25 says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Fifth and last thing, if you want joy, worship Jesus. He is full of joy. You know, there's a, a communication pathway to connect with Jesus and it's called worship. It's learning, I know who I'm not and I know who he is. Sometimes we get so hung up on who we're not that we think he doesn't wanna hear us. But the truth of the scripture is, is that before we even cared about him and while we were still sinners, the scripture says, Christ died for us. So he was interested in us whether or not we were good or not. So we gotta learn to come to him as we are. No matter what you've walked through, what you've done, and turn and humble yourself before him and worship. Worship could be in song, it could be in the lifting of hands, it could be in acknowledging who Jesus is, and as you do and you connect to him, he has a way of taking the junk out of your life, out of your soul, and replacing it with his joy that you can make it, you're reminded you're a child of God, that you have purpose, that there's a reason for your existence, then you can be a joy bringer too after you've worshiped him. Can I get an amen to that?